Hi everyone, I'm your host, Jaco Selka, and you are listening to Hopefully Sustainable. Each week, I'm going to talk to extraordinary people who are doing extraordinary things to make the world a more sustainable place. My goal is for this episode to leave you feeling hopeful about an idea, a person, or the world in general. Thank you for joining me in this conversation, and all together we can be hopefully sustainable. Hi everyone! Today I'm excited to introduce you to Dara Collins. In the summer of 2019, Dara expanded the work of Food Rescue US into Detroit, Michigan. Food Rescue US is an app-based, volunteer-driven program working to feed people, not landfills. By keeping food out of the landfill, Dara and others are protecting the environment and feeding their community. Through this direct impact model of food rescue, 93,000 pounds of food have already been diverted from the landfill. Now, let's learn more about how Dara Collins is utilizing the Food Rescue US app to help her town end local hunger and food waste. All right, everyone, I'm sitting down with Dara Collins today. Over the past year, Dara has started transforming Detroit, Michigan in the most positive way, and I'm super excited for you to share your story with everyone. Before we dive into your work with Food Rescue US, can you introduce yourself and talk about how you landed in Detroit, Michigan? Hi, well, um, I'm Dara Collins, and I landed in Detroit because my partner is in the hospitality industry, and what brought us to Detroit is that he had a great opportunity to open uh, the Detroit Foundation Hotel and its restaurant, The Apparatus Room, and that was three years ago, so that's how we got here. Awesome. Were you interested in issues dealing with food waste or food insecurity growing up, or was this something you realized in adulthood? This is something that I became very aware of as an adult. It wasn't something that as a child um, was a, was an interest of mine. It's definitely something that in the last, I would say probably five years, I, and that's how I became aware of it was the hospitality industry uh, through my partner's work. Um, I remember going to uh, a hotel that he was um, managing in St. Louis when we lived there. And uh, it was a large hotel with a large banquet facility. And I happened to be there one day after they had an event and I saw all these trays of food and, and I was like, what are you guys doing with those? And, you know, he said, well, we have to throw them away. And I just remember that was the moment where it clicked for me, where I was, where I thought, wow, if that's, that amount of food is happening here on this one day, you know, multiply that out exponentially. Um, and it just, it was overwhelming to me, especially when, you know, I would then get in my car and drive home and certainly pass, you know, a homeless person, um, you know, on a corner that was looking for money or for, for food. And I thought, how can this be? You know, we have so much food. We make so much food. Um, we shouldn't have any hungry people. We shouldn't. And so I, I didn't know what I was going to do with all this information that just, that just came to me that I saw with my eyes, but I, it, that was the day it made the, the impact on me. So you moved from St. Louis to Detroit. 
When you got to Detroit, did you see an issue with food waste or food insecurity? What made you want to start acting on all of this information that you had learned in St. Louis? Well, Detroit, you know, it's one of the poorest cities in the United States. And Wayne County, which is the county that I live in, is the poorest um, county and the most food insecure county, I should say, in the state of Michigan. And and I knew that coming in. I and and if you know anything about Detroit's, you know, history and um, sort of the rise and fall and the rise again of of, of the city, um, I knew that there was a lot of poverty here. There's, you know, there's the poverty level has been hovering around 35% poverty here in Detroit for the past several years. And um, and if you drive around in Detroit at all. I mean, you will see certainly beautiful, amazing historic architecture, but you will see um, probably more blight than you have ever seen and in one place. And, and that, I, I knew that coming in and I knew that there was an opportunity um, to, to make an impact. And especially through my partner um, joining the hospitality industry here in Detroit. And, um, you know, it happened to be, where in the process of us moving between St. Louis and Detroit, um, I made a few trips back and forth. And during one of those trips, I was reading a magazine that I had uh, brought with me on the plane. And that magazine was called Modern Farmer. <laughs> and I think, I think I've always had even this interest of, of wanting to, you know, grow my own food and flowers and things, but I've always, you know, lived either in an apartment or in an urban setting. And um, so I would read things like Modern Farmer. And um, so that magazine had an article about apps um, that you could download on your phone and um, that were food rescue apps. And one of those apps was Food Rescue US. And I remember thinking, that is, that is great. I was like, that is, that's a cool idea. I'm like, as soon as we get settled in Detroit, I'm going to download that app and I'm going to volunteer. That was, that was my thought. <laughs> and, and so then when I got to Detroit and I realized I didn't, know a lot of people here yet and you know my partner was really busy um working to open this hotel and this restaurant i didn't see him a lot and so i thought you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna download that app and i'm gonna volunteer i'm gonna i'm gonna find you know i'm gonna use that as a as a way to start meeting people and start connecting with this community and so when i downloaded the app and signed up it, it sent me a message saying uh-oh <laughs> we don't currently operate in your area and i thought oh darn it. And then soon after that, they sent me an email saying, are you interested in bringing something to your area? And I thought about it for a second and I thought, yes, I am definitely interested in bringing something to Detroit. And I felt almost that, almost like I had a responsibility to, because, you know, he's in the hospitality industry and we were meeting other people in the industry. And I thought for me to not, to not do this, um, doesn't make sense, you know? And, and so I, I jumped on board. I, I told them, yes. Um, it took me a good year <laughs> to actually, you know, what I want to say, turn the app on and start uh, rescuing food. It doesn't take a year to do it. It just took me a year. Um, because things suddenly got very busy when the hotel and the restaurant opened and, and, um, we were adjusting to that and I was trying to fit it all in. And I think, um, like most people do, we think that there's going to be a time when, you know, we are sitting around twiddling our thumbs suddenly and we're going to need something else to, you know, to do. And 
And I realized that that time was never going to happen. <laughs> and so I just, um, so I just, you know, dove in and, and I knew that, you know, talking to our national site director at Food Rescue US, um, I knew that the, the thing I needed to get going was a food donor. <laughs> I needed a food donor um, and, I, and a receiving agency and, um, and then I could turn it on and, you know, and start moving and grooving. And so um, I talked to uh, my partner if, to see if they would be interested in being our first food donor. And he talked it over with the team there and, and they said yes. And, and, you know, that was last June. So now here we are. That's so incredible because it really seems like there's this problem of food waste and this solution of food rescue. And it's just about connecting the two because we have a lot of hungry people in this country, but they're really, there's enough food to feed them. It's just an, an issue of, you know, getting the food to those people, which is where this app comes in. So can you explain what the Food Rescue US app is and what it's used for? Absolutely. So uh, the app, what, what makes it really neat is that um, it's a great way to keep the food donors and the receiving agencies um, and the volunteers all in one spot. It, it allows it to be paperless, which is another great thing um, for helping the environment. And, um, and so what happens is every donor when they want to come on board, they go on the app and they, um, they register as a food donor. And, and basically it's just simple information about, you know, a contact name and, and an email and the address of the, of the organization. It's, it's, we're not, you know, requiring any other, um, personal information other than that. A lot of people want to, you know, they want to ask us what, what are, what information do you need from us? And it's just simple, basic information. And the same thing with our receiving agencies. Um, we just want that basic information from them. And then even our uh, volunteer food rescuers, they also register on the app as a volunteer food rescuer. And then that allows me to see where everyone is coming from. And so anytime a, a food donor has food, if it's not a consistent, um, regular occurrence, for example, we have some grocery stores, they, that they donate daily. So what we can do with them is we, we, we sign them up on the app for a recurring run every single day. And so then it just, it's sort of on autopilot. Um, but for, um, a restaurant or a catering company or something that might have very sporadic, or inconsistent uh, donations. Anytime they have a donation, they just go on the app and they uh, they create a, what we call a food profile that basically just lets us know um, when they want the food picked up, how much food they have, and generally what types of food they're donating. And they create a food profile. I get notified of that, and as soon as I, I see what they have, then I partner them with with one of our receiving agencies or I maybe find a receiving agency that fits them better or is closer to them in proximity. And, and then I put it up on the app as an available food rescue that any of our volunteers can go on and then they can claim it. And, and then what they do is they go directly to the food donor, pick up the food, and they see exactly the, um, the address they have to go to in their phone. They have any notes in there that tells them, you know, if they need to go to a certain door or um, ask for a certain person, all that is right there in the app. They pick up the food, put it in their car, their personal vehicle, and then they drive immediately to the receiving agency and they deliver it um, to them where they also have notes where, you know, park here and, you know, knock on this door or whatever it is. They have all the information they need to know for that, for that food run. And that's basically how our app works. And it really, you know, keeps us all connected. Plus it logs um, all the food that we are rescuing here in Detroit. Um, and that's, that's a great thing to have. 
And again, we're paperless because of that. And um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's super simple. And I, I mean, I love that we, we have an option, um, you know, to do it that way, because I feel like it's the most impactful um, way to rescue food. And it's what we call um, either a direct transfer uh, model of food recovery, or what I like to say is direct impact because the impact is immediate um, because I can, for example, pick up at a restaurant or pick up at one of our grocery stores and I'll take it and deliver it to one of our receiving agencies. And it's usually um, distributed or it's eaten that same night. Wow. That's incredible. Exactly. And I don't think that there are a lot of other types of food rescue operations that can say that unless they have a model of direct impact like this. And that's, and that is um, particularly the kind of model that I think we need in a city like Detroit, a city that is spread out over, you know, 139 square miles. That's a, that's a large area. And you have pockets of little neighborhoods um, throughout Detroit that might be separated by a lot of blight in between and very limited, um, uh, grocery stores or sources for any type of quality or healthy food. Um, you may only have, you know, like the gas station down at the end of the street or maybe a, a McDonald's or another fast food restaurant. Um, and so there's a lot of neighborhoods like that in Detroit. And, and I think when we can find receiving agencies, um, even if it's a church that's in, in one of these neighborhoods that's willing to, you know, open their, open their doors on, on certain nights of the week, for example, and distribute food, that is a really great way to make an impact in all these neighborhoods in Detroit. And that's really, um, for me, that's been the most profound part of the experience is seeing how that impact is so immediate. That kind of leads into my next question. You talked a little bit about the organizations that you're receiving food from. What are some examples of the receiving agencies that are distributing this food to people in need? Wow. So it, it really, um, it's really fascinating. So we have, let's say we've got an organization here called Motor City Mission. They are um, an organization that operates seven days a week and they serve chronically homeless individuals. They are doing outreach seven days a week. They're really incredible. They also feed food insecure families that might be in, let's say, temporary housing. Uh, maybe something happened, you know, their, their, their home burned down or maybe they're in a, a motel temporarily. They provide um, food and other um, essentials for those families as well. So we, uh, we get food to them on a regular basis. Um, another would be uh, Mariner's Inn, which is an organization that serves men who are struggling with uh, homelessness and substance abuse. Um, so we get food to them. We also have a senior center um, uh, that has activities for seniors. They, they, they bring them on site, or if the seniors can still drive, they drive to, to that location. But because they, they don't get any set funding, it's only through fundraisers. Um, if we can deliver food to them that they can serve to the seniors, because they serve meals to the, lunch to the, to the seniors six days a week. And if we can get food to them, so they're not having to buy food with their limited budget, and instead they can use that money to, um, to prepare activities for the seniors. Because, I mean, they have a whole calendar of activities for them, whether it's, um, you know, craft class or an exercise class. And so we feel like being able to bring them healthy, nutritious food that someone would otherwise have been wasting you know, to them so that they don't have to spend that, um, out of their limited budget. I mean, that to me is a really, um, 
that's, that's a really incredible thing. And, and so that's another one of our receiving agencies um, that we work with. Another one is Antine's Village um, that I, I, I really love them. They, they are an example of what I wish there, what, what I wish existed in many neighborhoods in Detroit, in any neighborhood in Detroit, because this is a woman and she lived in, she grew up in this house, she lived in this house, and now um, she's taken this house and it's becoming sort of a center of this neighborhood. And they have, it's sort of like a little, a little one block street. And it's a bunch of houses that have been abandoned and they are slowly rebuilding them. And each house is a different purpose. Like one of them is a tutoring house um, for the neighborhood kids to come and be tutored or, or, or learn how to read. Um, another one is a nutrition house where they're going to have a kitchen set up so they can actually feed meals to uh, the people in the neighborhood, show them how to cook, um, or maybe it's providing meals to homeless um, individuals that live nearby. Um, and then they have a medical house where they provide uh, medical assistance for people in their neighborhood. I mean, this is, it, it, they're doing a garden. They've got a, a safe um, playground area that they're trying to, to work on for the kids. Um, and so the food we bring them is vital um, for, for what they're doing and for this type of neighborhood. And, um, and we love supporting them. So the, the, receiving agents we re, the receiving agencies we have really run the gamut and in, in how they serve the community. And it's, and it's pretty special to, to get to know them. What you're doing is so incredibly impactful, especially how you're reaching people of all ages and how you talked about a lot of the older adults who are receiving this food. I know when I was at the University of Georgia and I worked a lot in the senior citizen homes, for a lot of them, they don't even have the physical ability to get to the grocery store. And for a lot of the low income individuals, they get a set amount of money every few weeks. And then once that runs out, they're on their own. So to be able to provide them meals that they don't have to spend their own money on is so incredible. Absolutely. And, and the other thing about that um, is when we take food to the senior center, they not only get a meal at the senior center, but they also like to provide the seniors, like to your point, um, to provide them with food that they can take home. Um, and easily prepare themselves because many seniors, they live by themselves and they probably shouldn't be cooking um, and it can be a dangerous thing. And so they like to be able to send them home with food that they can eat uh, simply or just heat up very quickly and easily. Um, and so that's another thing that they do with some of the food that we take them is they turn it around and send it home with the seniors, which wow. is, I mean, yeah, that's, that to me, I, I love seeing that because I know that we we need to really take care of our seniors and, um, and, and meals on wheels is another organization that's a receiving agency for us here. Um, and they, they also received some, um, of our large donation that we just received of these, um, um, beyond meat burger patties. We, we sent a lot of those to, um, to the meals on wheels in this area so they could serve those to the seniors. That's great. So you're kind of connecting with the other organizations who have a similar mission in the community. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because I believe that, you know, we are, we are better together and we are better when we work together and we collaborate. Um, often in the nonprofit world, I, I'm seeing in just my short time in the nonprofit sector, um, there, there seems to be a lot of operating in silos. And I, I think we need to be working together. I think we need to be partnering and collaborating um, 
and doing it together and not trying to do it separately. And I, I cause for me, it's, it's not a, it's not about um, ego. It, it's, it's really about how do we make the biggest impact in our community and, and we need to, you know, check the ego at the door for sure. And so I, I love partnering with other organizations um, whose mission it is to, um, you know, increase food security here in Detroit. I love something like this too, because the volunteers can go out in the community and immediately see the impact of what they're doing. Do you have any stories that stand out to you from your time volunteering with Food Rescue that really made you feel like you were making an impact in the community? Oh, absolutely. I, because, you know, when I hear from our receiving agencies and I see pictures um, they post on their social media, you know, we get to see you know, what they're doing with the food, we get to see how it affects them and, and the people they serve. And, and I think it goes back to what I said before about this sort of direct impact model. That direct impact model allows you to see what's happening. And so that's, you know, for example, right now, there's so many organizations that need funding. Um, and I always tell people, look at the, look to the little guys, you know, look in your community, who are the little guys that are making a big impact? Because that's who you should volunteer your time with. Or, or if you have, um, if you have money that you want to donate, donate it to the little guys, because that is where you're going to see the impact. Because I get on our social media and I share these photos and I share these stories of our food donors and our volunteers and our receiving agencies um, because I want everyone to know. I want everyone to say, um, you know, look who, look who in our community is doing something great. I want to support them, whether it's the food donor and, and you go and you, you know, buy your groceries at that grocery store or you go for dinner at that restaurant that donates their excess food instead of throwing it away. Um, I mean, you have a choice. And where you spend your money, and I think it's important for us to to be aware of of who's doing good things in our community and to support that. And I think one of the best things that you can do to make an impact is to to look around and see who the little guys are in your community, because I guarantee you, right now, they are the ones that are struggling for funding. They're struggling um, to to be able to do their work right now, and um, and they're they're the ones that need your support more than ever. And and you can really see exactly what your donation is going for if you support one of these small organizations. And, and you can certainly volunteer with those organizations. Um, call them up and say, how can I help? And I, I, they're gonna need you, trust me, they're gonna need you. I think also after this coronavirus is over, people are going to remember these small organizations that helped. The big organizations people might not remember, but the little ones who are making a difference in their community are the ones that people are gonna remember. Oh, for sure. Well, and I think that's important because these small organizations, these are the ones that are serving our community um, every single day. And, 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 and this is nothing against, um, you know, large organizations and, and national uh, organizations like the Red Cross or anything like that. They, oh, yeah, they absolutely sure. are. They are absolutely valuable and they absolutely need your support as well. Um, but if you want to, you know, if you want to see what's what's going on in your community and really make a difference, then then you really need to find um, find the local players and and seek them out and learn what they do. And that's and, you, and let me tell you, you will be inspired because they're doing incredible things every single day. I mean, so if there's a day where you feel like nothing is going right in the world, 
trust me, there is someone in your community who's doing something incredible. And, um, you know, it just takes a little bit of searching on your part, get on your computer and Google or get on your social media and search, you know, whatever it is that, that matters to you, whether it's food, uh, insecurity or, or, or what substance abuse or anything like that, whatever it is that you're passionate about, um, search that and find an organization doing that in your community and, and find a way to help them. That's a great recommendation because I think a lot of people right now are feeling helpless and really want to do something to contribute to their community or just do something to make a difference. So like you said, just look up something in your own community. It could be right down the road somewhere that you could volunteer or someone that you can donate your money to. Absolutely. Absolutely. And Food Rescue US, you know, they continue to open chapters around the country. And so you can, you can seek out whether there's one that already exists, you know, in your community, or maybe you want to start one in your community um, and volunteer with them. And the great thing about um, volunteering with Food Rescue US is that it's completely on your schedule. You know, you're using your, if you have a car and a smartphone, um, you're not making any commitments of time. You simply go on the app when you have, when you know you have some free time in your schedule and you claim a rescue and you go do it. And most rescues, you know, you can, you can complete them in 30 minutes or less. And you could certainly do more than one if you want, or you can pick up one that's a consistent one and do it, let's say every Tuesday afternoon or whatever. Um, but it's all up to you. And it's a great way to volunteer, uh, especially for people right now that have busy lives. Well, we're not as busy right now uh, as we normally are because we're all at home. But, you know, when things return to our, our new normal, um, you know, you can certainly use that as a, as a, great, um, as a great outlet um, to volunteer in your community. Speaking of the coronavirus, how has it affected your operations and your ability to get food out into the community? Well, it's definitely affected us in that we don't have as many donors as we used to have because many of the uh, restaurants and the hotels that, uh, and the catering companies even that were donors of ours are currently not operating. So it's, um, it's certainly made a big impact in the amount of food that we've had to uh, donate um, out into our community. And, you know, there, there's the irony is that right now we need that food more than ever. And so, um, so we have just, we've just had to rely on, you know, people that reach out to us because they've heard about us and they, they, they know of, for example, um, you know, an excess, perhaps it may be a, a food distributor or something and they let us know about it and we go do it. So it's sort of a lot of um, maybe one-off, what I call like one-off donations right now that we're relying on. Because even, you know, we have multiple grocery stores that donate to us on a daily basis, but even they have less to donate to us. And there's some days that we go to them and they have nothing to donate. And so that certainly makes a big impact in how much food we have to get out there. Um, so we've definitely seen um, uh, we've definitely seen a, an impact in the amount of food. Also, with um, you know protecting ourselves, you know, um, I certainly don't um, want any of our volunteers to to volunteer right now if they don't feel comfortable or if they don't have uh, the personal protective equipment they need, if they don't have a mask, if they don't have gloves or or any sort of um, you know sanitizer. Or disinfecting wipes, then I certainly don't want them out there rescuing food, um, and I'm and I'm totally fine with that right now because we also we have you know less food to be picking up, so we don't actually have as much activity 
on a consistent basis right now. I, I wish we did because the need is certainly there. Um, I'm certainly getting calls and text messages uh, on a regular basis from agencies asking if we have food. Um, I People are reaching out to me that, that I haven't worked with before, um, new, new agencies that are looking for food. So I know that there's definitely a, a dire need for it. Um, and, and right now we just, we don't have it, but we're just trying to figure out new avenues um, for getting food because I still believe that food is being wasted out there. And I think it, we know that that's true. If, if we've been, you know, reading the articles or, or hearing the news about, you know, farms that are dumping um, you know, produce and, and composting it back into their soil versus, you know, delivering it or um, a dairy farms dumping milk. Um, I think those are areas that we can learn from, you know, we can figure out how do we, how do we pivot in those moments and adjust and find those new channels of food because there is food still being wasted and we just have to figure out, um, you know, how we transition and still get that food to people who need it because we shouldn't, we shouldn't be dumping milk. We shouldn't be, you know, um, just uh, composting vegetables back into the soil uh, because there's there's a greater need than ever. Um, because I think we've all seen the articles and, and the news stories about the lines at food banks. I mean, it's incredible. Um, and the food bank's running out of food. And so for sure, we've had to make quite a few adjustments. One positive Outlook looking at this seems like if you're hearing from organizations you've never heard from before, that maybe once this has all passed, you'll have a whole new group of organizations who will donate food to you and you'll be able to serve even more people eventually. Absolutely, because, you know, we're still new in Detroit. I mean, we've only been doing this for 10 months. Uh, there's a lot of people that, that don't know that we exist because um, this is one important thing is that um, there are other food rescue organizations in Detroit, um, but they um, operate differently than we do. They pick up food on big box trucks and they take those to sorting facilities and then um, and the, and the food gets sorted and then it gets put on other trucks and gets sent out to food pantries and soup kitchens, et cetera. Um, and in the process of doing that, they often lose, you know, about 30% of that food that they're picking up, but they also won't pick up from a donor unless that donor has at least 200 pounds. And the way, yeah, so the way that we see it is there's probably a lot of um, food donors out there who thought they didn't have an option if they didn't have 200 pounds or more. So there's probably been a lot of restaurants and hotels, et cetera, that that um, have been wasting their food because they didn't think there was a place to donate it. And so we keep spreading that message to say, hey, we're here. We will pick up any amount of food. We don't have a minimum requirement. And so um, that I feel like will work um, to help spread the message to, to the Detroit community that there is an option for everyone in donating food. You don't, nobody in Detroit has to, no business has to waste any food in Detroit because there is an option for everyone. And so um, I believe that um, coming through this right now, there will be so much more awareness of these options. So yes, to your point, that's very true. How do you go about advertising what you do? Is it mostly word of mouth or social media? It's both. It's both. We, we encourage, you know, any of, you know, any of our friends, any of our partners, our food donors, our receiving agencies, um, you know, just to help spread the word. We do a lot on social media, um, trying to spread the word, encouraging people that follow us on social media to share 
um, with their, with their friends and just keep, you know, spreading the word that way. And that's really been, um, that's pretty been, that's been pretty successful for us in, and getting new followers is, um, is, you know, it's actually, it's interesting. We, we saw a big surge in, um, Facebook followers and Facebook likes after, um, we posted, this was just at the beginning of the uh, coronavirus. It was before many cities went on lockdown. It was when events were starting to get canceled. And, you know, it was just, it was sort of very early on. And we put up a post saying that if you have an event that you're canceling now because of the coronavirus, let us know and we will come pick up your excess food and get it out into the community. That was a really pivotal um, post for us on social media because that that got shared so many times and we picked up a lot of new Facebook followers from that um, because I think that hit people in a certain way because they were suddenly realizing, Oh my gosh. Yeah. If we, if we were about to have this conference here with, you know, hundreds of people and now we're not, but they already had the food, you know, I think people were, it was starting to set in, you know, that something has to happen with all that. And they were super excited to know that they could do something with that food and it wasn't going to go to waste. So I think social media has been really, has been really key for us um, because we don't, um, we haven't been doing any any paid marketing at all. It's just really been word of mouth and social media use at this point. That's incredible. And with all these new followers, they can they might not even be in Detroit. So more and more chapters could be developed, which is really exciting. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's why I like telling people the story that, you know, uh, even if they live in Detroit, but maybe they have friends in another city and they realize that we are a national um, organization and they can look to see if we exist in their city already and if we don't they can they can start something and um, and that's I mean that's really been that's really been impactful for us because you know I will tell you I met a group of students um, from Erie Pennsylvania recently who are here uh, visiting Detroit on their break and they were visiting urban farms and I happened to be able to speak to them about food rescue us and they were so excited about that that they reached out to me and they said, you know what, we want to talk to you about bringing Food Rescue U.S. here to Erie, Pennsylvania. And so, I mean, it's just, you never know who you're going to meet and what that impact is going to be on someone. And and for me, that's really cool. So that's why I love to keep, you know, spreading the message of what we're doing with anyone because they may take it back to their community and, you know, make it make an incredible impact there too. That's so cool to hear, especially with youth. They're so empowering and so inspiring. So what a great group of kids to be able to bring that to their own community. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I continue to be inspired by that story. And I think, you know, for, for all, for everything to be aligned in that moment where I arrived where, where I did and was able to speak to them and their interest was piqued and, you know, it just, Everything had to, to align in that one moment, and it did. And I think that's that's kind of how things work in the world. For any listeners who might be inspired to look into starting their own chapter or just getting more involved in their own community, do you have any advice for them? Absolutely. Well, if they, if they don't have a Food Rescue US um, chapter in their, in their city right now and they're interested in it, they can certainly go to our website, which is Food Rescue US, and um, there you there's a contact um, 
a form that you can fill out and let them know that you're interested and you can speak with um, my national site director, Melissa Speisman, and she can explain to you more about it. You can certainly um, contact me. You can find my contact information also on our Food Rescue US national website. Just look up the uh, locations tab and, and go to Detroit and you will find my contact info there. You can reach out to me if you want to talk to someone who has started one in their community. I'm happy to talk to, to anyone who's interested. Um, but there's a lot of ways, you know, that you can make an impact in your community. And um, I think it really has to start with you just exploring, you know, explore what exists right now. Um, sometimes we, we, we reinvent the wheel when we, when we don't need to. There's someone else out there maybe doing something that we're interested in. And, and you know, maybe they need a really great volunteer. Maybe they need a partner to, to help them um, grow what they're already doing. So I, I say do a little bit of digging in your community. Find out what's happening. Um, if, there's, if there's something that you think is a need that you aren't seeing, still, still research it and make sure that there isn't someone out there that, that isn't already doing something in that space. Um, that you could partner with. And if there isn't, you know, just roll up your sleeves and get going because, um, and you can find inspiration maybe by someone that's doing it in another community and reach out to them. I, I find people are, are, when they're passionate about something, you can tell they're incredibly willing to talk about it and share about it. So um, if there is something that you know isn't happening in your community, um, find someone in another community who's doing it and, and, you know, sort of pick their brain about it because I know that they'll be open and willing to talking to you. That's really great advice and I'm excited to see more and more chapters pop up across the United States because I think you guys are doing incredible work. Thank you so much. So you're providing hope in a crazy time right now to a lot of people in your own city and I want to know what gives you hope. What gives me hope is when I see the people out there every day that are doing something for their city even when they have nothing. You know, I, I think the, those people that continue to get up every day and continue to give and give and give. And I think we assume that we we have to have a, a deep pockets or a fat bank account in order to, to make a difference. And it's not true. I mean, it's simply it's simply not true. And, and I am inspired by people every day that um, whether it's whether it's talking to someone, um, looking someone in the eye and saying hello when you pass someone on the street that's going to make a huge impact um, <laughs> that, that most people don't realize is, is, is not being, not having your head in your phone, but look up and say hi to someone that passes you. Um, you're going to make an impact in someone's life. And there's, there's plenty of things that we can do that, that don't require any money. Well, I think you're really going to inspire a lot of people to get out there, get out in their community and start making a difference. For anyone who wants to find out more information about Food Rescue US and about your specific chapter, where can they find you? They can find, you can certainly um, check out our social media here for our site in Detroit. And that's going to be Food Rescue US um, dash Detroit. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook. Um, you can also um, email me. Um, and again, my um, information is on our Food Rescue US website. If you go under the locations tab, you will find uh, me here in Detroit, and then it will show you how to reach out to me that way. And yeah, I'm here. Reach out. Thank you so much, Dara. I'm feeling really inspired and hopeful about the future. And I think that you're going to make a huge difference across the whole country. Thank you so much for having me. I, I really enjoyed this conversation with you. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening to today's episode. 
If you want to learn more about today's guest or just say hello, check out the show notes and find us on Instagram at hopefully sustainable pod. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. As you finish this episode, remember that we are all on a personal journey to make the world a better place, but it's all about progress, not perfection. Until next time, stay hopeful and stay sustainable.